Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 10 of The Divide. Uh, I'm Ben Dobson. I'll be hosting today's little episode about Apple's recent Let Us Loop You In event with the reveal of the iPhone SE and the 9.7-inch iPad Pro and not a great deal else. Uh, <laughs> joining me, as always, are Mr. Christopher Ford. Hello. And Dr. John Wordsworth. Good day, Benjamin. Good day. Uh, now, before we get on to anything, uh, the first thing we should clear up is that last episode we didn't ask how the weather was in Sweden or discuss it at length how it is in the UK. Uh, and one of our followers on Twitter uh, took umbrage with this, and so I promised him we would discuss it at length in this episode. So, so we need we need how, uh, about five weeks of blow by blow <laughs> uh, breakdown of the well, weather in Sweden. I actually have a, a weather story, but I'll come to that. Oh. Let me let me give you the update of the there. important the important weather first. But uh, is it cold? <laughs> well, a couple of weeks ago it was uh, it was pretty chilly, you know, around the zero. It's not it's not been vastly below zero for a while, uh, and we had a little bit of a snow, and we were like, ah, the end of snow, that's pretty cool. And then we had a, a week and a half maybe of pretty nice weather, not like glorious sunshine or anything, but quite nice. And then I woke up a couple of days ago, and uh, I, I look at Facebook on my iPad, and it says. Good morning! Spring is here. Rejoice! I'm looking at all these pictures of how awesome spring is. And then I go out and open the curtains, and it's bloody snowing outside, isn't it? <laughs> and I want my money back because it hasn't stopped. It's basically been snowing since spring has started. And today there was loads. I mean, it's not settling levels of snow, but you think it's raining, and you're like, no, it's very slow rain. Ah, I see. Snow. <laughs> So it's it's been like one or two degrees most days, but it has been either, you know, not snowing or snowing, but but it hasn't been ooh, sunny and bright. Uh, so, yeah. Thank you, That's spring. Good. Go back in the cupboard and give me uh, winter again because it was better. <laughs> Chris, how is the weather in Exeter? Or the Exeter area, I should say. Mm. Nope, nothing. <laughs> Here to have lost yeah, Chris in the snowstorm. Um, <laughs> it's lovely. Oh. Have you? Can you not hear me at all? No, you, you're. <laughs> I hate to say this because we're coming up to a rant about internet in a minute. Oh, but your internet no. appears to have given up. <laughs> oh, there you are. There you are. You're back. You're back. Shiny you're back new internet. Oh, we can hear you now. Go on. How's the weather? Can you hear me? Is that all right? Oh, sound a bit like, like GLaDOS, but you're right. <laughs> What is going on? Oh, the internet in Exeter is dreadful. We're talking about the internet. We're doing the weather, aren't we? We're still doing weather. Yeah, um, it's lovely weather. Uh, it's warm. It's been like 11 degrees, which is basically t-shirt weather, isn't it? Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, no, it's smashing. Well, that's all right then. Well, my, my weather-related story, which I've probably bigged up too much, is that uh, <clears throat> I had to go and get my car serviced. And so... I took the wife to work and then I drove over to the train station to get the train into Birmingham while well, I left the car there. Uh, and then unfortunately I had an attack of gout due to the medication I was taking for it. Uh, and then there was mass flooding. And so then I was stranded at a station where I couldn't walk <laughs> to get to a car. I couldn't drive, which I also wouldn't be able to get to where I needed to go because there were massive floods everywhere. So that was a fun day. Nice. Yeah. I figure I'm allowed so, to laugh because you are, but <laughs> well, yeah, I, I don't mind you laughing at my. Business, you know, that's fine. That's fine. So I, I suppose we should get Chris's rant out of the way because he's got a lot of pent up anger that's going to be directed at BT and Sky. So uh, I, just just go for it. Just vent and we'll, well you know. You know, uh, I've been doing a fairly good job of it on Twitter. Actually, I, I've been directing most of my rage towards. BT, who is actually my new internet provider, uh, who I'm, I think I'm more upset with them than I am with Sky. So uh, obviously the this podcast is coming out a week later than scheduled, and that's because I got home from work on Tuesday, and we were due to record, and uh, and I thought, oh, Skype isn't working. I thought, oh, I'll, I'll just restart my router, and when I logged into my router, I realised that there was no data coming in and no data going out and uh yes i was in the process of switching internet providers from sky to bt and someone somebody made a very very fundamental error of switching off my sky services seven days early 
leaving me without any internet or phone uh, for a full seven days. And this is... Um, you were at, without we have a, a landline for seven days? Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, God. whatever. Can, yeah, no, I can <laughs> deal with that. The phone was all right, but actually the, the person who... I was okay because I had 3G. Um, actually, the real the real, real heroes out of this have been three because I've just basically been operating as a mobile hub for everyone else in the house <laughs> via tethering. Um, my poor wife, she is on Vodafone, who are just shit. And um, she doesn't get any signal, any 3G up here, anything at all. So um, she would have liked the landline, I think, so that she could call people and speak to them. But no, it's been absolutely horrendous. I've been, uh, I've been working from home, uh, tethered to my phone using 3G. I had to download a piece of software over the weekend for some work, which was a 250 megabyte download, and it took over an hour. <laughs> um, it was absolutely horrendous. And you know, the really, really worst thing is that I've had, I've, I've been with BT now for uh, about 45 hours, and th- uh, their customer service is atrocious. <laughs> I am, I am already thinking about in 12 months time when I get to leave them because they are just absolutely dreadful. They cancelled my engineer appointment and uh, and this this happened at the exact moment I discovered that my sky had gone down. And um which was also I, the exact moment we were about to record this podcast. So yeah, just re- just yeah. remember that point as well in the story. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. So I I got on the phone to BT. Well, I rang Sky first actually to and they basically couldn't turn my service back on, which I find slightly odd um and uh yeah i then rang bt and i sat on hold with them for about 45 minutes before i gave up because their lines had closed 20 minutes earlier and i had no idea <laughs> if anyone's going to pick up the next morning i thought their lines open at eight and i'll drop the i'll drop my son off at school and then i've got my commute in and i got a car phone thing um i thought i'll just ring them and i'll sort it out on the way and I was on hold from the moment I dropped him at school until where I was about half a mile away from the office, which was another 40 minutes. And then they finally picked up and I finally got through to someone. And the worst thing is they don't play any hold music. So that entire time I was just listening to a ringtone and a woman saying, um, somebody will answer your call. Yeah. And uh, the woman who recorded that was in a different country to the person I spoke to at the end of the phone line as well. So, uh, yes. I've not had a good experience. BT are dreadful. Basically, the moral of this story for anyone who's listening, if you're a customer of BT or Sky and your area has Virgin Media, make the switch. That's an interesting point because the house that I'm looking to buy, uh, they're going to give me Virgin Media free for the first three months. So it's like, oh, Take that's it. nice, because then I can trial that and see how good it is without having to commit to 12 months of, of um, yeah. you know, what's it called? That's Contract. good. That's really good. We were with Virgin Media the entire time we lived in the centre of Exeter for about five years, six years, and they were always absolutely superb. The, the, the service was excellent. The customer service was excellent. Um, if you had a problem, the engineer would just come out and sort it out. Um, BT are refusing to send an engineer because they uh, have some sort of holier-than-now approach. It's impossible to get through to someone. The people at Sky are absolutely lovely, but I just can't forgive the fact that they switched off my internet a week early <laughs> and wouldn't turn it back on. Plus, they're really horribly expensive. No, and they're also Scottish. Yeah. yeah. No, that's all right. Did you? It's a, it's a, a lesser-known fact that um, uh, call centre staff, um, they they look for Scottish people because they have the friendliest and most easy-to-understand accents. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I, get it's friendly. It's I, like the, I like the quiet, like, just Scottish accent is very friendly and nice, I agree, but understandable? <laughs> I, I, I find it mildly aggressive, because all I can think of is, like, a Glaswegian about to knock me in the face. <laughs> So I, I always get on guard when I hear a Scottish voice. But that's because most, my... most Scottish people you've bumped into, you've rubbed up the wrong way. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have you know I've not rubbed up any Scottish <laughs> uh, Every person I spoke to at Sky was absolutely lovely. Um, it's just that somebody made a very big, very fundamental error. Um, and now they're going to have to pay for it. But no, BT. So the, the, real question is, yeah. the real question is, 
are we going to go on a divide quest for vengeance where we get like <laughs> some swords forged and you know ride to Scotland to deal with this injustice? Uh, that's not a bad idea, actually. I, although I think I'd be a little bit more inclined to go and sort out BT because they're they're worse. <laughs> I get I get in the feeling as I get into my thirties that I need to go on a quest for vengeance at some point. It seems like the sort of thing one should do. I yeah, don't want to do it when I'm, I get too well old. For, uh, I'm well up for riding a horse up to the offices of Sky <laughs> and saying, come on, give me a gift voucher or something. <laughs> Here, I have two free months of internet with Sky yeah. <laughs> for when and you come back. Yeah. This don't look a gift voucher horse in the face <laughs> joke there somewhere. But yeah. <laughs> anyway, moving on. <laughs> Thanks for letting me have that rant. That's quite all right. I, I put it in the notes last week because I knew that yeah. it was coming. For anyone, that was, for anyone that listening, was actually uh, forty minutes put aside for that rant. So uh, ten minutes well, yeah, was, left, and we're done. I was going to say, for anyone listening, the original rant was five hours long, and I've just done some <laughs> pretty good editing. Don't worry, we've still got two more Chris rants to come when we get to the Ghostbusters trailer and story of J.J. Abrams directing Porky. <laughs> so don't worry, there's more more Chris rant coming up later. <laughs> but first of all, we'll do some follow up. Um, as you may recall, in the last two episodes, I've talked at length about how annoying the Star Wars Battlefront achievement for being the most valuable player was and how it was not unlocking. And I was slowly losing my sanity trying to get it. And uh, they did an update and now it works. So I got it in about five minutes and then deleted the game. Sent it away. <laughs> uh, Traded that back in. achievement in the world. <laughs> yep. I thought you enjoyed playing it, though. Uh, yeah, I did, but there comes a point when it's like, well, I'm only playing this because I want this damn thing to unlock now. Oh, like, sure. I don't need to be playing it. But <laughs> it's not as good as some other games, but still. Speaking of other games, though, I mentioned Super Hot a little while ago, which is the uh, game where it's like a first-person shooter, but time only moves when you move forwards. Mm. So as you move, time moves, and you get like bullet time effects and stuff, and it's pretty cool. Uh, and I said at the time... Uh, the main story is probably only going to be about three or four hours, so I'm not sure how well it'll justify its £15 price. Turns out it was actually £19 on release, uh, and it completed it in two hours. So, nice! Uh, it does have like a replayable um, challenge mode, which is pretty good, um, but I've not really dug into it too much because I, I can't be bothered, to be honest. I've got lots of other games to play. Um, but the main story is uh, like I wish they hadn't done a story it would have been much better if it had just been these are random things that you do rather than it being like here is a vague story that like has like this like hacker vibe to it and like it's got like a chat between you or your character and then someone else on like a web chat and you just type on your keyboard doesn't matter what you type and then he types in and stuff like that and like at one point it makes you quit the game and reopen it in order to show that they're watching you and shit and it's just like ugh, just I just want to <laughs> all I want to do is have funky bullet time that's all I want yeah. just give me 60 levels of that not 20 levels of that and a shitty story but mm. there you go so I, I'd check that out if there's a Steam sale uh, but Chris I think you've got a, a an update on a game we mentioned a little while ago yeah well, as we record this um, it is the release day of Day of the Tentacle Remastered which is a game that I dis- I I was very excited about as we did our 2016 games update and actually I've just realised that I have another games update from that list as well so I'll add that onto the list in a second um, I actually I'm denied about whether to get it on Playstation or on my Mac actually and in the end I did did decide to go for the PlayStation version. Um, I'm not sure what the experience would be like. I'm not. I, I haven't tried it yet, um, but I quite fancy the idea of playing it in the living room. I think I, I think my son would enjoy it. Um, but yes, so it came out today, and I pre-ordered it, and I left my PlayStation in rest mode overnight, assuming that if one had pre-ordered a game, that it might automatically download it. But I got up this morning. And it hadn't, so I uh, I set it to download, uh, made all of the packed lunches, and uh, went to work. <laughs> so that was that was my experience with Day of the Tentacle Remastered. It's even even less exciting than when John got XCOM Two and then <laughs> could play it for two weeks. So, uh, I think the, the the saddest thing about this story is that they could have released it a day early when you were working from home on three G. 
I mean, it would have been a <laughs> yeah. pain for you to try and download it over that, admittedly. 1.7 but... gigs. I think it would have re- used up my tethering limit, I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes, um, I'm really looking forward to playing it because I love Day of the Tentacle. I loved it anyway. I, I hope it's not just awful now. I, I doubt it will be. Uh, I'll probably check it out tonight and I'll get back to you on next episode. Awesome. Cool. I've got it on my wish list, but I've not downloaded it. Partly because I meant to download it yesterday when it was 10% off and then... Um, uh... I completely forgot. I was like, uh, okay. Did you play the original? Um, I have not played the original. Okay. I mean, I say original. It's well, the second no. game. Yeah, did, yeah. You, did you play it the first time? Uh, I did not. Yeah. I few... played an hour or two of it, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, so I'm looking forward to getting the, the new shiny version and yeah. uh, probably playing it through on PC. But yeah. Maybe PS4, because like you say, there's a certain charm of sitting back in the living room playing playing these games so yeah i mean I, i'll let you know what the experience is like I, like i say i'm i'm not convinced that it would translate overly well but i think i do think that my son would enjoy it. it's a bright colorful game and it's something that he might want to play later so yeah we'll see we'll i'm see. surprised they're not bringing it to ios or maybe they are at some point because they did the, with um, monkey island didn't they yeah the monkey island ones were great mm. on the ipad they probably will be... because is it the same company it's double fine didn't they do grim fandango remastered uh, and so. that is yeah, so. available. Is that on iOS or is it just on the Mac App Store? I'm not sure actually. Thinker. I don't think Grim Fandango is on iOS. Is it not? Okay. Not that I'm aware. Feels like it should be. It does, doesn't, doesn't it? it? <laughs> Grim Fandango. There's an easy way to check. Yeah. To check this Grim out. Fandango Remastered is available on the App Store for seven pounds and ninety-nine p. Now that would be uh, money well spent, actually, because that is a that is a brilliant game. Never played that either. That'd be money well spent, Ben. Uh, it's, it's a bit too... It's in that horrible time period of when 3D was utterly shocking. Yes. Yes, and it was. I don't think I, I could play it. They, I understand that it works a lot better with modern controls. I don't, mm. I don't think I could live with those polygons. Fair enough. Oh, I see. Fair <laughs> enough. Very, uh, uh, well, well, snobbish, really. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> But then yeah, looks awesome. So yeah, but I just you mentioned Super Hot Ben, and that reminded me of another game that I played recently. It was a demo called Shadwen, and it's a stealth game where I think I can't remember if it was first or third person. I think it was third, and you would obviously sneak around. But that has the same mechanic, Super Hot, in that time only flows while you're moving or while you're holding a certain key. If you want to hide behind a barrel, two. Uh, Shadwen definitely coupled copied Super Hot. At least oh, it was I'm pretty certain. Eight. Um, but the interesting thing was they had like an event where they released a demo of the game for a couple of weeks and the more points that the community accrued the lower the price of the game went so the game is actually going to be $14.55 because that's what it went down to uh, based on you know the fact that 150,000 guards were killed in this little demo and uh, and 270 people ever completed it in a certain way. So, uh, but no, it was really fun. I played. I only played through the demo once. You know, I wasn't like going to grind it and try and do it perfectly or anything. But again, it was that kind of interesting. Time stops. Then you kind of creep up on a guard, but then the guard starts moving because time is going again. So you turn around and you rewind time a little bit because you realise you made a bit of a, a screw up. <laughs> but it's, yeah, it makes you feel kind of cool because you can do all this. Like, oh yeah, I'm going to do exactly the right thing because I can. Oh, that sounds pretty cool. It does okay. sound interesting. It sounds, sounds a little bit more interesting than Super Hot, maybe. But I quite like the stealth games. Yeah, I think Super Hot's fun, but mm. it looks cool. Is it twenty pounds worth of fun? It's not twenty pounds worth of fun. <laughs> no, that's but what is? I mean, I am, uh, but, true. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> What's well? Speaking of twenty pounds of fun, how much amount of fun is Mass Effect going to cost? Um, <laughs> Actually, I haven't got a price update on Mass Effect, um, although what? I'm going to rectify that now. Oh. Good. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I love the way the first time Chris was like, ah, I don't have the price. I'm going to find out. Stops talking and goes to have a look. <laughs> Important things, you know. I but, think he's just been cut off. But eh, Yeah, yeah. Whatever. We'll, we'll move on. To but the I can tell you that Mass Effect Andromeda is $49.99 on the PS4 and $39.99 on PC, which, to What's be fair... It's, a, down. it's going to be a pretty solid RPG, so I think I'd be happy to pay it. But I suspect Chris is still going to be a, it's a bit bit unhappy with the pricing. I would imagine so. Tell us about Rocket League. Oh, so Rocket League, I mean, the Rocket League as a game is, is not a new thing to talk about. But uh, 
What came out recently was news that Rocket League is going to be completely cross-platform. So you'll be able to play against your friends. If you're sitting with an Xbox One and you have a friend playing on the PS4 and maybe another friend on the PC if you're one of those cool people with more than, more than one friend, <laughs> um, you can all play together, which is pretty awesome, you know? It's one of those things that people have been saying for a long time. Can't be done. Impossible. And now they're doing it. I've always wondered why that's been the case. One of the most, the biggest frustrations to me when I bought the Xbox One was that all of my friends at the time bought PS4s. And it's like, ugh. <laughs> Great. I don't expect so, all games to be cross-platform. But no. Ones like this, I mean, they're not going to be patching it and releasing DLC every month or anything. Yeah, it's pretty much done. They're going to release more content. So they don't have too much... I guess with a big game, you have to worry a lot about versions. You know, oh, they fixed a bug on the PS4. But Rocket League feels like a fairly small game. You know, it's built, I think, using Unreal Engine. Uh, so it should just, you know... They should have all the different platform versions kind of managed by the engine to a much of a degree. So, yeah, it's just cool. It's just awesome that finally cross-platform gaming is something which people are talking about and proven that can be possible, so... Awesome. So if um, you have, uh, if you get Rocket League on the Xbox One, I'll play it on the PS4 with you. I'm not really <laughs> buying anything for the Xbox One anymore. Oh. <laughs> I could get it on the PC though. You could, and I have it on PC as well. So we could just play PC to PC. But one day in the future. Hi. Oh, he's hey. back. There we go. What I miss. Well, you, you, you missed the price update for Mass Effect. It's forty nine ninety nine now. That is uh, still too expensive. It's <laughs> exactly what I said you'd say. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, Chris, you're up to talk about Ghostbusters and Captain America. Me and John oh, are going to go well, make a cup my, of tea. If, if, my, uh, if my connection holds up to it, I am anyway. Yeah. Um, so the oh, new yeah. Ghostbusters trailer dropped. Now, this was we were meant to talk about this last week, so it's kind of oldish news now. Hmm. Um, I've had my misgivings about the new Ghostbusters film basically since they announced it and only really because I feel you should leave Ghostbusters alone because <laughs> I love Ghostbusters um, and I, I have a lot of issues with like um, I went on a, a, a quite a rant on YouTube about a year ago about the new Ghostbusters the director is now saying that they're going to do another one with a different team and it's all in the same universe. And, they, and he was quoted as saying something like, they're going to build it into the the shared universe that it always promised to be. It's like, I don't think that the Ghostbusters franchise was ever going to be a shared universe. I don't think it needs to be a shared universe. Um, so, yeah, I've always, I, I've, I've not been overly convinced. And then the trailer came out and I was kind of like, I didn't hate it as much as I thought I would, but <laughs> I didn't love it. Um because it, it seems like quite a lot of it is just a, a carbon copy ripoff of bits from the original Ghostbusters, just with better graphics um, yeah. on the ghosts. And I don't know. Um, I, and then I, I kind of I had a little moment where I thought, I'm surprised this film isn't being directed by J.J. Abrams so, he, <laughs> so that he could complete his trinity of ruining my childhood. <laughs> <laughs> and like... <laughs> See, as uh, someone that's only yeah. just recently watched Ghostbusters, I've not yeah. really ever had a vested interest in it. Although yes. I did enjoy the cartoon as a kid. Yes. Um, I've been Who quite did? excited about the new Ghostbusters film. Because I was like, I like the concept of Ghostbusters. But while I thought the films were alright, I think that without the nostalgia, they weren't as good as a lot of other people seem to think they are. Yeah. But I liked the core concept of it, like washed up scientists mm. decide to start busting ghosts. It's like, that is a good concept. I quite like that. Um, so I can kind of see it as a bit more of a universe, because you can kind of see how it can't just be in one city, like it might happen somewhere else in different places. Yeah. But I don't know how it would grow. And Hollywood's obsessed with just taking stuff that was released 20 years ago and just <laughs> redoing it and again and again and again and again. again. And it's, it, it is a pain. But at least they're going for something quite different. Like they've got the obviously the gender reversal stuff. Um, I yeah, think I, I, I think the trailer looked pretty good. I was like, yeah. I think what right. I, I don't know what's tough for me, but I like in the old eighties films they were very good at putting some humour in without ruining the 
I'm going to sort of say serious bits of the film, <laughs> yeah. but I fear that it's going to go too far with the humour, yeah. and so much that it's kind of slapstick and stupid humour, and then the serious parts will not really feel that because they're not, you know, they're dragged down too much by the the silly humour. That's the only not to get, not to get too deep. But I, I fear that that is a problem just with the youth of today, in that they're stupider, and so they need to have some sort of, uh, you know, joke a second type thing um, to keep them interested. Is that, is that you, Chris? <laughs> Furiously typing. So Chris is now going to just type the rest of the show. <laughs> We're going to gauge his acceptance of the things I say based on his typing. When you say something like, uh, oh, well, J.J. Abrams is doing this film, so it's going to be awesome. All you'll hear is... (laughs) Oh, dear God. Like an angry monster under the stairs. So um, I was very, very excited to see on Touch Arcade that um, Chris Sawyer, the guy that wrote the original Rollercoaster Tycoon 1 and 2, um, announced that he was bringing Rollercoaster Tycoon 2 to iOS. Uh, No release date yet. But it sounds awesome. I can't wait. I, like I wish it was Rollercoaster Tycoon One because I think that's the better game, uh, for reasons I mentioned back in like episode six, I think it was or seven, whenever we talked about mm-hmm. favorite games. But um, I, I think it'll still be pretty cool. So I'm really excited about that. I think it'll be great on the iPad, especially on the iPad Pro, where you can use the pencil to you know move the interface elements around a bit easier. That's uh, a cool idea. Great. I mean, I'm sure it won't actually implement the pencil, but that is a cool no, idea. Yeah. In a game like that, you could even you could have you draw your track down on a you know, top-down view or something, and then have it come to like that. Would be awesome. Well, I mean, essentially, but, you you can because I mean, it's only looking for your finger anyway. Like it just works. Like if an app hasn't got specific support for it, the pencil just acts as a finger. Yeah, yeah. Just a, a really fine one, not like those spongy, shitty styluses. <laughs> um, and I can really see myself sitting in bed just. Playing Rollercoaster Tycoon 2 with the pencil definitely appeals to me. Yeah, I think so. I think uh, perfect game because it's one of those slow paced games where you can just sit back and watch your park evolve. Especially when it goes on for ages and ages and ages because like, you can't speed up time, which is always the biggest problem with Rollercoaster Tycoon because it would be things like, oh, uh, you need to get your park happiness to 80%. It's like, okay. <laughs> And you've got to the end of year three to do it. So you do it in the end of year one, and then it's like, yeah, you're going to have to wait till the end of year three. And each year takes one hour of real time. So, <laughs> so you just, I used to sit and leave it running, and then I'd just do something else. And then I'd just come back to it occasionally, clear up the odd bit of sick, and then, you know. <laughs> just, like, just like real life, really. Well. Ah. <laughs> uh... All right, let's. Uh, oh, yeah, I've got one more thing to mention before we get to the, the main topic of the show, um, which was Twilight Princess HD came out a couple of weeks ago. Oh, and it's so good. I forgot how good a game Twilight Princess is. Uh, Legend of Zelda is it's essentially, I would say it's a sequel to Ocarina of Time because it's pretty much the same story, but with a little bit of other stuff chucked in. But. I mean, well, all Zelda stories are the same. That you, you know, you start in a little village somewhere, then you inevitably go to a forest to heal something, <laughs> and get given a quest where you then go and meet the Gorons, do something in a fire dungeon, then meet the Zoras and do something in a watery dungeon, and then fight Ganon. So it's you know, pretty much the same. Uh, but it's been awesome on the Wii U. Um, it actually runs at uh, 1080p. I think it's at 30 frames a second. Um, but the textures have all been updated. It looks really, really nice. Uh, and the gamepad support's great. So you can have either the map on the gamepad screen or you can have your inventory. Huh. Uh, and I've been running it with my inventory there and you can just drag and drop it onto the whatever the buttons you want to use. Uh, and it's really good. Really, really nice use of the technology. Um, Did I hear gotten... something cool? Like you can pull the gamepad away and keep playing it when you... Like lying in bed or something? Did I make that yeah, up? Yeah, I mean, that's the same with uh, most Wii games, I believe. All the ones that I've played have either duplicated to that screen or let you do it somehow. Uh, in this particular one, in Twilight Princess, uh, if you press the plus button on the pad, uh, it will send everything to the um, uh, gamepad instead. So you don't have the inventory management there. Instead, you have the actual game itself, and you can just play it like that. 
because uh, you can play the game with uh, just a standard Wii um, gamepad. So without the screen in the middle, just a standard controller. So the inventory management stuff isn't required. The gamepad itself mm-hmm. isn't required. So you can beam it straight there and just play it normally. Um, and that's great. The problem is the range isn't great on it. Like, my Wii's in the living room. Um, and if I go upstairs to my bedroom, it lagged, and then it just didn't work. Um, uh, so, so is it, great. it used some it's, sort of Bluetooth or something? Is Like, not your Wi-Fi network at home? No, it's like a proprietary connection between the gamepad and the Wii U. Of course it is. It's Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of um, I mean, it's, it's pretty cool when it when it works. I mean, it's great. Like, if you're, you know, sat on the sofa and you're, wife or whatever is watching TV then you can mm. sit and play sat on the sofa still which is nice um, when I move house I'll probably put the Wii U in the bedroom anyway because I can sit in bed and play it either on the screen or I can stick some headphones in and plug it and just play it on the gamepad which is what I used to do uh, but the TV in my bedroom broke so I've not done that recently <laughs> but no, great game, really worth checking out um, it came uh, with a Wolf Link amiibo, and I've never had an amiibo before, um, but now I've got loads because I bought. <laughs> I went a bit overboard and bought all the Zelda ones. Oh, that's so you, Ben, isn't it? Yeah. Ah, something I can collect. Well, now I've got one of them. <laughs> like you can, when you're playing on the gamepad, you can put the Wolf Link one on, and it'll take you to a special dungeon, like a survival mode, which is pretty awesome. Um, but the other thing you can do if you've got like uh, the Toon Link one if you put him on it like replenishes your heart so mm-hmm. it's a bit like uh, you don't really need it but it's a yeah. nice little nice little feature um, so yeah I've started collecting those it's another expensive collecting thing <laughs> <laughs> you'll soon have them all and be collecting something new oh yeah oh that was my Disney Infinity and Lego Dimensions I mean it's just ridiculous but yeah. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> anyway, we'll move on to the main topic of the show because um, it doesn't sound like Chris is coming back, unfortunately. So lost uh, to the ether. We'll we'll crack on and we'll we'll talk about it unless he uh, unless he messages us and says don't because I have something important to say. <laughs> something important to say. So yesterday was the Let Us Loop You In event. Uh, Apple's Town Hall, um, the last event they'll have there before they move to their shiny new campus next year, which will be awesome. I'm looking forward to them opening that up. It looks really, really nice. Uh, so the show is pretty much rumoured there's going to be a 4-inch iPhone 6S, basically, uh, and there'll be an iPad Pro. Uh, and that's pretty much exactly what happened. Uh, but we'll go through the, the event in order, I think. Um, so to start it off, they had that cool little uh, 40 what was it 40 years and 40 seconds mm, yeah the yeah thing. i thought that was quite fun it's like yeah a few nice little touches in it. i liked the bit when it had the newton and then it got scribbled out exactly the bit i was gonna say <laughs> yeah that was hilarious and how they did the things like the uh ipod colors where they all went flashed through all the different oh no it was the original imac colors sorry that it flashed through and then it was like ooh, tasty <laughs> carried on it's was, it was a pretty cool video um, but then uh, Tim Cook, as I fully expected, brought up the FBI encryption stuff mm-hmm. um, pretty much straight away, uh, which I assumed he would. And we've not really discussed that on the podcast. I don't know why. It was just no, I think pop- we briefly mentioned it for two or three minutes in the beginning yeah. of the show once. But uh, I think it was, uh, yeah, it was a good response, but rendered moot, kind of, by <laughs> yeah. the, the news the next day. I wonder if that was... You know, intentional. intentional to some degree. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's like, we will make our point by standing against you. And the next day, you can say that you found another way around it. Then we all win. Uh, yeah. It seems it seems very, very odd, that whole timing. Mm. Um, but it's also a bit unfortunate for Apple, because like the BBC News today, um, and until the uh, terrorist attack in Brussels, the top story was um, uh, FBI can get into iPhone. And there was yeah. no mention at all of yesterday's event at all. So all of that had disappeared. There was nothing about like new iPhones and stuff. Uh, it was just FBI can break into the iPhone after all. And then, um, uh, and then obviously other stuff took over pretty quickly. But I do find it odd that the FBI can suddenly get into the phone. I, yeah, I, I'm in two minds as to I, my belief is either they can't get into the phone, they never could, and they still can't, or that they always could, but they were trying to make a point out yeah 
and now that Apple went very, very defensive on it, uh, they have backed down somewhat until next time. Yeah, and um, I, I heard some of the BBC coverage this morning, and I, I thought it was, well, it was typical, not very technical people being stupid. Uh, yes. And the whole thing was like, so, anyone can get in now, then, can they? And the guy on the other side is like, well, no, every single thing has security flaws because it's millions of lines of code written by humans so there are always going to be security flaws but the point is do you want a massive door for which there is a, a small key which okay it starts off in the fbi's hands and then gets to everyone else's or do you want a massive brick wall yes there might be a way to you know make a little crack in it here and there but they'll get patched up over time. So it's a constant battle. And the guy's like, so what you're saying is there is a way in to crack all the iPhones. It's like, oh, stop being stupid. <laughs> it's difficult. It's so difficult with encryption because people have knee-jerk responses to how it works and they don't understand how it works. And most analogies sort of fall flat because it's not like a locked door because, you know, no, no one's ever built a door that is impenetrable. Like all doors can be opened, whereas encryption, you can literally encrypt something that you can't unscramble. <laughs> Obviously, you can unscramble it, like with a computer that will take years and years and years and years and years and years to try and work it all out. But effectively, it's a door that can't be opened without the right key. Um, so any analogy doesn't really work. Uh, so yeah, it's an interesting issue. But anyway, he brought that up first, and I thought that was probably the sensible thing to do to get it out of the way and to, you know, clear the air. I thought that they'd make a much bigger deal of privacy and stuff throughout. Like I thought there'd be more little barbs at the FBI throughout. Like, oh, and here's our update for this, which is even more secure. But they didn't go for that rather tactless route, which is probably yeah. I guess the they were playing it sensibly because there's yes. some Americans that aren't on Apple's side, so I guess they were trying to be. <laughs> trying to be in the middle somewhere but yeah i thought it was kind of funny when when they're talking about all the fbi stuff and then a few days later they go by the way you can now encrypt your notes <laughs> yes well, it was well, like genius <laughs> funny enough, pretty, pretty much the next thing was oh uh so yeah your phone we really imp really want to keep your phone secure right next we want all of your health data <laughs> but back in there was uh before that there was the environment um, mm. And this was like for most of it, I was like, uh, yeah, just get on with it. Yes, it's very nice that you're going for this aim of being 100% renewable, and it is, you know, it's a good goal to aim for, obviously. But the problem is they didn't like in all of the bit that they mentioned, like, oh yeah, all of our stores, and in China, all of our stores and uh, our offices, but not the factories, <laughs> like which is probably where the most electric usage is coming from. Yeah, um, and then of course, like. I know they can't fix this, but even if they get to 100% renewable across everything, it's still such a tiddly tiny amount when you compare it to all of the battery-powered devices that they sell that we have to charge daily. Yeah. And it's like, hmm, you could maybe like do some sort of battery efficiency drive would probably make a much bigger dent than all of this stuff. But that's just me being cynical. Yeah. I mean, yeah, to be fair, on the surface, it's nice that they're doing something. Yeah. It's better than doing nothing. Yeah. But, you know, it's still good. I did think the bit when they showed, like, uh, oh, in Singapore, we, um, because it's so dense, we couldn't put solar panels on the floor. So we put them on the roofs of 80 buildings. And I was like, yeah. Can you imagine, like, and they're like, oh, we can power our store with this now. And it's like, can you imagine going to a city and being like, yeah, we want to power our shop by sticking solar panels on, like, 80 of your skyscrapers. <laughs> that that cool? Like, yeah, all right. That, that, that doesn't scale. No. <laughs> that doesn't scale well at all. What if the people in those buildings want solar power? No. It's going to the app store. <laughs> the, uh, the little Liam thing was really cool. I did mm. like that, the uh, little device that takes phones and breaks them apart to recycle the bits. I thought yeah. that was a really Yeah, hoovering up video. all the screws and putting them into pots and things. and Identifying the battery and being like, yep, drop that in there. It did look like GLaDOS, which yeah. was unnerving. <laughs> it really was quite, quite uncanny. But yes, that was the environment stuff. And then they moved on to 
what I assumed would happen, which uh, I mentioned on my blog the day before, I expect there is some sort of software announcement and it will probably be messages or health. Uh, and sure enough, it was an extension of health kit to be, sorry, research kit uh, to go to care kit, um, which again, I think is a, you know a good initiative. Have you tried any of the research kit stuff? No, I haven't. Um, I didn't know I could <laughs> without being involved in one of their studies. I thought I might have to... Oh, they have. Um, there's a few apps you can download where you can enrol in studies. Like there was one for, uh, which one did I do a little while ago? I did like some heart monitoring one, um, and it yeah. used the Apple Watch to get my heart rate, and it would send it to them periodically and like check that against my movement and stuff, just so they could see how heart rate's affected by walking, I guess, or something. Hmm. Cool. I'm not entirely sure what the point of it was, um, but I signed up for that when it got launched. But that's the only one I've done, and it you know worked really well. It was pretty great really and this care kit thing seems like a seems like a really good idea mm. like uh the no, way i mean do... i've worked in i've worked in a few kind of with some research teams you know just uh throughout university and, and a couple of times since and i can definitely see the value in this i mean this is the sort of thing that we wanted to do back then because most of them were small projects we had to cut a lot of corners and you know just collect the data up and then get people to send it in the, you know, on their own because we didn't have a platform to do it and we we couldn't build a whole platform just for these small projects so i can see these uh both research kit and care kit being really useful for those teams little or large you know um i'm intrigued by health that the health area that they're going into in general just because it's kind of gone in a way i didn't envision in that obviously in the uk we have the nhs and uh we we have Every year there'll be some huge, big IT infrastructure project costing <laughs> billions of pounds, which will inevitably overrun, be terrible, and then not work when it launches. And that happens constantly. Whereas when I always assumed, like, today I went and got a prescription, they were like, oh, yeah, you can you can register online, and then it can be, like, automatically delivered to your pharmacist. It's like, oh, that's cool. Um but it's not quite the same as what Apple's doing, where it's like, okay, we don't need to go to all of these individual places. We'll just build our own solution and then seed it that way. Um, and I can easily see in the future that the Apple health stuff, I'll be able to like just send that to my doctor somehow or have my notes in that way. And then you're getting mm. around that whole IT problem that most governments seem to have when it comes to health and trying to build up these huge medical record things and instead i, I mean i'd be much happier having my medical records with apple than i would yeah. having them with the it projects we have because it, it feels almost like if it's on apple service but you have access to it it, it kind of feels like it's under your charge then yeah you know, even if other people you can you know and they can even put the onus of sharing it on you, right? They can say, someone has requested to look at your medical records from blah, blah, blah. Yes or no. And you just tap yes on your phone when it pops up and you're done. Yeah. Um, so they could kind of put the responsibility on you, the user. And like you say, I mean, I've got, I suppose I don't really have a very exciting medical history, so I, I wouldn't <laughs> I'd probably put it on the web and not care. But, um, but at the same time, the idea of that being in Apple's hands doesn't scare me at all. You know? No. That's oh, interesting. Interesting stuff that they're doing. I like these little initiatives that they come up with. Like I thought Health Kit, uh, sorry, Research Kit was a really interesting one last year. And this Care Kit one seems, you know, uh, very similar in that it's just aftercare for people with various diseases that need constant monitoring. And it's, um, it's a really good idea. Make some interesting apps with it. Yeah, and uh, I think it, it could change the future of growing old, you know? <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Well, then they moved on to the product announcements. And so we get to uh, Apple Watch. And I was really hopeful there was going to be an Apple Watch hardware update with a, you know, a faster <laughs> internal part. Like, leave the, leave the watch the same, but just make an internal processor upgrade. Uh, but no, we just got bands. Just Apple Watch bands. Uh, so a few new colors in Sport a few new colours in the leather, a black Milanese loop, and then the newest one is the nylon bands, of which they've got seven or eight of those. Um, so yeah, pretty cool. I bought I bought two of the nylon bands <laughs> since they went live. So I was like, yeah, I'll have me some Apple Watch bands. I wasn't really <laughs> sold on the nylon bands. Uh, maybe they look better in person, but they looked a bit garish. <laughs> yeah, I went for the... Um, they've got one called Pearl that was like a white-grey, which is 
quite dull and I thought that'd be nice. And then I, I, after a little bit, I was like, I'm going to go for the orange one as well. I like a little bit of garish. <laughs> so, <laughs> so see how it looks. I was like, eh, it's £39. It'll, if it's terrible, it doesn't matter that much. It's not It's not like buying like the black steel link for £279 <laughs> and then being like, no, it's not for me. Mm, <laughs> that'd be a bad choice, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, maybe I'll look at yours when you uh, bring all seven over when you visit next. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be like one of those like guys in a cartoon. I'll look the trench coat pocket and it'll just be like... <laughs> Want to buy a watch be... band? <laughs> Got a nice Milanese loop. <laughs> For you, £30. <laughs> oh. Then we got into the, the meat of it, which is uh, really, I, I think, the... The two big announcements are obviously the iPhone SE and the iPad Pro. We'll start with the iPhone SE. Now, I was impressed at actually what features it did have. I was expecting it to be more like have the iPhone 6S speed, but it would have like the iPhone 6 cameras, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it turns out that no, it's got the it's actually got a better camera. Uh, oh no, no, it's got the same camera as the iPhone 6S. Uh, it's still got the front-facing camera with the uh, flash that they added to the 6S. You've got live photos. All of that stuff's in there. The only thing it's missing is the um, 3D touch. Yeah. Oh, and the um, fingerprint scanner is the old one, not the new one. So it's oh, yeah. the same yeah. speed as the 5S, not the crazy fast 6S one. But that's all right. Um, but it's uh, considerably cheaper than the 6S, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like $200 cheaper. Mm. No, $100. So- $100. So it's, it's you know they are they are reasonable things to drop on your new phone. Although it is a shame that we didn't see any more three D touch at the whole event. But yeah, I mean iOS nine point three adds a few three D touch quick actions to the success. So like if you you can now do it on the settings icon, for example. Um, but eh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's not really setting the world on fire. Um, but I mean the iPhone SE it looks nice. It's a good you know. Uh, nice design product i mean it looks pretty much exactly like the five did it's just got slightly different edges um so it doesn't look like the six shrunk down it looks like the 5s yeah um it's got the camera bump out the back (laughs) yay um apart from that i mean there's not that much more to say about it i mean apple did talk about it for like 15 minutes which was impressive and the reason they were able to do it is because they compared everything to the iphone 5s yeah. So it's like, oh, it's four times faster than the iPhone 5S was. Oh, the GPU performance is ten times faster than the iPhone 5S was. <laughs> so it's like, that's a clever way of getting around the fact that you're basically announcing hardware you announced six months ago, but you yeah. just made it slightly smaller. It's the 6S in a different form factor. <laughs> Done in ten seconds. But you know, not that that's not. A, it, it's like, it's cool, but it's not. Wow, exciting! It's just, yeah, that's good news if you like small phones. Yeah. You know. Can you ever see yourself buying? An iPhone SE or the four? No, I I have the uh, six HD uh, at the moment. It's HD or plus? I always forget which. Plus, plus. <laughs> uh, I have the six plus, and I'm torn on the size. But if I went smaller, I wouldn't want much smaller. I like the size, but sometimes it's uncomfortable in my pocket, and I worry about breaking or bending it because it's you know yeah. like taking up my full pocket on my leg, and I think. Hang on, if I'm walking around and I can feel it pushing into me, that can't be good for the phone. But, I mean, that's the only thing against it. Everything else I like about the size. Like, See, sitting. I had the 6 Plus, and I definitely felt that issue. And I think it did bend ever so slightly <sighs> um, because of it. But then I went to the 6S, um, not the Plus, just the regular 6S. Uh, and I find myself wanting the larger size. And now they <laughs> strengthened. Like, the 6S is, like, doesn't bend <laughs> yeah it's much stronger aluminium um but i definitely want the plus size so next year i think i'll definitely get like the seven plus or whatever they call it i imagine mm. it will be the seven plus um because i just i don't think i could ever use the se i think it's too small compared to like i i regularly go back to a 5c and a 5s for testing apps and whenever i pick them up i'm always intrigued by how small they are not as much as i used to like going from the plus to those was a real shock whenever I was testing anything. I'd be like, God, this is tiny. <laughs> um, going from the 6S to the 5 is not as big a shock to me. But I just don't think I could go back to that form factor again. And besides, I, I fully expect that the iPhone 7 is going to have you know, 
crazy camera enhancements if the yeah. rumors are to be true and the majority of those are probably only going to be to the plus model so i think it's much more likely i'll get the plus yeah i think i think it's most likely i'll be getting the seven plus next year given i uh i haven't upgraded this year you know like in the hmm. 2015 batch i didn't upgrade so so the other interesting device is the iPad Pro, uh, which, again, uh, everyone expected that there would be a 9.7-inch iPad Pro, um, and I expected that it would be exactly the same as the iPad Pro released last year, the 12-inch one, but just in the 9.7-inch size. But it's not. No. <laughs> it's got quite a few differences, both positive and negative. Uh, so I'll do the negative ones first. Um, it's got USB 2 through the lightning port which becomes interesting in a topic in a minute um and the clock speed is put down a bit um and there was something else i can't what it was that doesn't matter um but on the positive side it has got much much better camera it's basically got the iphone 6s camera in it uh and it's got this really interesting screen where the brightness is much brighter but it also adapts to the area you're in so if you're in a dark room or if you're let's say you're outside in the sunshine the screen will match the color ambience of the place that you're in and then if you go somewhere cool the screen will similarly cool down much in the same way that the new night shift mode works in ios 9.3 mm-hmm. but a lot more subtler than that so it just adjusts to what's near you so uh, a piece of paper on the iPad looks like a piece of paper would in real life with colour reflecting what it sees around it, which is really, really cool. I really hope that makes it to the iPhone 7. <laughs> I just need to see it. I mean, it sounds cool, but without seeing it, I can't commit to it being cool. Um, yeah, well, that's fair. But the, the screen itself also <laughs> looks uh, considerably better with the wider sort of range of colours it can show. Yeah. And just the reduced reflection as well. So it's nice that they're still iterating on their the quality of their display as well as the features like the touch and the pen and stuff. So hmm. that's kind I was of really cool. surprised that they added so much to the uh, Pro in that size. And it makes it really difficult now because if I was buying an iPad Pro now, it's like, do you want to buy the 9.7-inch Pro, which has got all this new stuff, or do you want the bigger one that costs $200 more <laughs> but it doesn't have as good cameras and it doesn't have the cool screen technology? And it's like, oh, that's... A difficult choice. Like I'd have to really want the big size. Yeah. No, like, it's really tough. And I, I don't. I mean, cheating is going too far. But I'm a little bit, you know, like, oh, it's a shame that I don't have the cool cameras. I mean, the screen stuff, I can kind of, you know, it would be cool, but I can live with that. But it's like, I quite often Skype using the front-facing camera, and to go from a 1.2 megapixel to a 5 megapixel means it's going to look considerably better. Yeah. So it's it's a minor, you know, like oh man. But at the same time. I like the big screen, it, you know, maybe it's not so useful for traveling. I mean, in the ideal world, I think if you're developing for these devices and you happen to have all of them, I'd probably use the 12 at meetings and at home and take the 9.7 on the holiday. You know? Yeah. Uh, I do like the size of the, uh, the big iPad pro. IPad yeah. I l- pro, iPad pro plus. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do very much like it. I mean, I, I take it around with everywhere and use it for meetings with a pen, and I'm always writing notes. And the fact that it's basically A4 size is a godsend, you know. Mm. Uh, I wish that they would fit. I wish they would turn off my handwriting when I'm using the pen in notes. But apart from that, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. I think the only other things to talk about really are the software updates themselves. So, uh, WatchOS 2.2, which added, <laughs> like, oh, uh, now you can find your nearest shopping <laughs> center like on your maps okay great and you compare multiple watches to a phone yeah uh, which is useful because i can see myself buying the next apple watch and i'll probably get the cheap one rather than getting the steel one again and then mm. i'd probably keep the steel one for like dressing up on the <laughs> occasion that i do <laughs> um so i can kind of see how that'd be useful but it's a bit strange to launch it now um but apart from that watch os 2.2 didn't add anything i don't think no, I mean, I get the impression that they were hoping to to show a, a better watch at this event and maybe maybe yeah. it wasn't quite ready, so this feature came out anyway. But I'm also uh, slightly disappointed they didn't add any more watch faces in 2.2. I really thought that they would show off more faces for it, 
now that it's 18 months old we're all very familiar with the <laughs> like i think they've got like nine or ten different ones now like i was really hoping we'd see new ones but i guess maybe that'll come in watch us three maybe even uh, hopefully uh an sdk to make custom ones because i think that would be really really cool to have mm. you know third party watch faces but I, that might be a way off yet um tvOS got an update which everyone calls oh it's a great big update because it lets you use a bluetooth keyboard and you can now dictate passwords and Siri can search the app store it's like that is not a big update that's three minor points yeah i don't use a keyboard with the thing so eh. um, i'm not going to dictate a password to it because all of my passwords are done with one password so the thing is like open parentheses left <laughs> angle bracket right z capital x and that kind of stuff and it's like mm, that's not gonna work uh, searching the app store with a voice, that's useful. They've added folder support as well, right? Oh, oh sorry. Yes, of course. That was the big feature they, they demoed, of course. <laughs> Folders. Yeah. I have, I have... The thing about my TV, is, and I, I'm happy that I've upgraded to the new one because I like the overall experience, but the amount of time I have spent in apps that are not just video-watching apps is in the, in the minutes, you know? Yeah. Uh, and even then, it's more like, let's just try out this random game. And it's not a bad, you know, like, it, it does the job for playing little games on. But most of them are iPad games that have just been ported across. So I might as well play it on my iPad. <laughs> I think that's fair. And I, my experience has been much the same. Like, I would get the Apple TV 4 because I want Plex. And so it's totally worth the price just for that and for the better remote. Mm. Um, and I do use Siri occasionally with it. Um, it's crazy fast on the Apple TV. Really, really good integration. Uh, but, you know, folder update, eh, big whoop. <laughs> I don't really care. I don't think I've even updated the TV yet. No, I, I have everything else. <laughs> uh, and then that brings us to iOS 9.3. And again, this is one that a lot of people have been like raving about because they did like a big website launch in like January to be like, here's what iOS 9.3 is going to add. It's going to add night shift mode. It's going to add. <laughs> Touch ID for notes. It's like, yeah. right, if your second headline feature is Touch ID <laughs> for notes, then this is not a big update. No, and it, like you say, it's been hyped a lot since the announcement, and I don't really understand why. Like, the night shift mode thing is all right. I have enjoyed using Night Shift on my iPad Pro. There is a horrible bug in that it isn't happening automatically on either my iPhone 6S or my iPad Pro, <laughs> in that it's supposed to, at sunset, automatically enable and get stronger as it gets darker, but it doesn't, and that option isn't even available to me. Um, and yeah. apparently there's like a privacy feature that you can turn on and off. Like if you don't have it able to set your time clock because you've disabled it in location services to save battery that can cause an issue but mine's enabled so i don't know what the issue is there but i don't have automatic night shift which makes it less useful i have to turn it on manually and then it's very jarring yeah because it just kicks in but i have been weird. using it for the last mm, probably about a month and a half on my ipad pro in bed and uh I don't know if it's made a noticeable difference. I am sleeping better. I don't know if that's related to that <laughs> particular thing, though. Um, but it is it is pretty cool. Nice feature. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, uh, it's a good update. But it's yeah. not a groundbreaking. Like, th there's not much else in 9.3. Oh. And to be fair, I think that is the, the same sentence I would use to summarize the whole event. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was but good. I, th I think the event is great if you really want a four-inch phone. Yeah. Or if you want new Apple Watch bands like I did, or if you want the iPad Pro or a new four-inch iPad, like the iPad Air Two wasn't you want you wanted the next one coming up. Um, I mean, the iPad Pro nine point seven inch is a great iPad. It's probably the best iPad you can buy right now. Um, so it was a good event from those points of view. And again, like you said, I guess people... if you sorry, if you're still holding back for last year's iPad Air Three, this is it basically. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's an incredibly aggressive price for it as well. Very, very good. Um, but the problem is that to people like us who are, you know, always buy the latest and greatest thing, there isn't anything for us here. And so the narrative of this event from tech bloggers and from people like us is always going to be, eh, it's underwhelming. Yeah. It wasn't very good. There was nothing exciting. Um, but I, th I think it's good to have an event like that every so often because if you have a surprise at every event, then the surprise loses its touch. Um, 
there's a reason why the whole one more thing line only gets used very rarely and it's yeah. because that's when there's like a genuine something they want to show off unfortunately they last used it for apple music and then talked about apple music for an hour uh, <laughs> just one more hour <laughs> jesus god that was that was a terrible presentation that was, that was the worst presentation they've ever done i mean i love apple music but it was an awful introduction to the service <laughs> i was oh. upset that there were no um no mac upgrades at all you know yeah. i was hoping for something on the mac side at least just a, oh by the way we've bumped the processor because they haven't updated any of their Mac hardware for some time now, have they? Uh, latest was the iMac got updated because they got the twenty-seven inch iMac four. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. But there wasn't even an event for that; it was just a press release. Mm. Here, have a sorry, not twenty-seven inch, twenty-one and a half inch. Um, so, eh. But um, the rumor today, and I have a feeling this has been trailed potentially by Apple to various tech blogs, uh, is that there will be 13 and 15 inch super thin um, retina displayed MacBooks coming in the next three months. Ah, so cool. uh, WWDC basically. Yeah, yeah. And that'll be the MacBook Air uh, probably dropping. I have a feeling that they're going to drop the Air as a name because it doesn't need any... Like if you look at the MacBook the MacBook is thinner than the 11 inch MacBook Air. Yeah. So they're going to have to drop the name or make it even thinner, which seems improbable. <laughs> I think that they'll just become MacBook and they'll have the 11 inch, 13 and 15. Sorry, 12, 13 and 15. Yeah, the naming is getting a bit messy now, isn't it? Because like, you, yeah. you have the iPad, iPad, like the iPad Air, the iPad Mini, the iPad Pro, which could mean 9 or 12 inch. Then you've got the MacBook, the MacBook Air and the MacBook Pro, but the Air is bigger than the MacBook now, <laughs> whereas it yeah. used to be smaller. It's a bit like, ugh. Yeah, the the MacBook price uh, uh, pricing the, the MacBook naming has got messy. I think that the I think the air is dead. Yeah, they don't need it anymore. The MacBook is super thin, but they didn't want to drop the air at that point because the MacBook is shit. <laughs> yeah, hardware you know, wise, it can't... as an owner, I can say that <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's woefully underpowered. Uh, it is very very nice though. Yeah. But the interesting thing about the iPad lineup is that they finally tidied that up a bit. Um, in that we no longer have the bizarre situation where you have the iPad Mini 2 and the iPad Mini 4. Mm. Uh, the iPad Mini 4 has simply been renamed iPad Mini, and that's the <laughs> only one available now. So yeah. the lineup is iPad Mini, iPad Air 2, iPad Pro 9.7 inch, and iPad Pro 12.9 inch. Yeah, cool. So it's slightly tidier. I mean, they could have just renamed iPad Air 2, iPad Air, but I guess that's difficult. When it's yeah. the second one, you don't want to think they're buying the old one and they drop the middle one. It's very they always have such weird naming Apple products. It's <laughs> like the iPad was like the iPad, and then it was iPad two, and then the iPad three was called the new iPad. <laughs> yeah, and then I the iPad that. four didn't have a name; it was just iPad. <laughs> and then they did iPad Air and iPad Air two, and now it's iPad Pro. But ugh, it's a mess. <laughs> It's a total mess. Yeah. But never mind. Anything more to say on the event? No, I think we've summarised it nicely. Oh, one more thing. Ah, uh, <laughs> you can uh, you can now buy replacement yeah. tips for your Apple Pencil, which is good for me because I scratched one, so I only have one left. Oh, that's cool. It's four for 20 bucks, which seems quite reasonable because I'm probably only going to have to buy one box of four, and that'll probably last me forever. I mean, I just want to get a backup in case I... Because I scratched one, and I thought, it's probably fine, but I don't want to scratch my screen. So... You've reminded me, they've also uh, released a USB-C cable to Lightning, which they didn't mm -hmm. have before, for the princely sum of £25 for <laughs> one metre cable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, and then they've also released a updated camera connection kit, um, which is the Lightning to then uh, USB and more Lightning. Uh, uh, the yes. interesting thing with that is that it's powered, so you can plug... Uh, I it might be Lightning or USB-C. I can't remember. I didn't look at it in great detail. But basically, you can power the USB hub on it. And while it's designed to plug things in like uh, cameras, like uh, proper digital SLRs, so then copy the pictures off to the iPad, you can use it for other accessories. So they gave the example of a microphone. So if you want to do a podcasting on an iPad Pro, you can. Um, but the really interesting thing about that is that the iPad Pro, the large one, 
is USB 3 in its lightning port uh, and so its transfer speeds are way way faster um, when using that camera connection kit and transferring photos from the uh, from a digital camera of some sort than they mm. will be on the 9.7 inch that's just come out because they're still using <laughs> USB 2 lightning ah. and also they announced that if you use the USB-C charger for the MacBook uh, that's available and you use that new cable which does USB-C to lightning that charges much much faster uh, mm. on the iPad Pro because it's a 27 watt charger for the MacBook um, yeah. and obviously the ones that come with the iPads are like 12 or 15 mm. uh, so you get much faster uh, charging as well which is pretty cool, uh, cool. I'm going nice. to try that later <laughs> yeah. awesome but yeah apart from that apart from those little minor updates that's everything so uh, hopefully Chris's internet will be back up and running properly next week uh, the next show will be coming out on the 6th of April and Chris will be choosing a topic not sure what that's going to be yet but I'm sure it'll be wonderful <laughs> uh, you can check us out at thedivide.co.uk uh, we're also on Twitter at Podcast Divide uh, and if you enjoy the shows we'd very much appreciate a review on iTunes because it does help us get noticed a bit more uh, but until next time thanks for listening and uh, apologies for the slightly haphazard editing that's likely going to take place <laughs> <laughs> goodbye <laughs>